In the following live session recording, Landry Holmes, manager of Lifeway Kids Publishing, Lifeway Christian Resources, will discuss the ways preschoolers learn. As teachers, we often want to teach in the ways we like to learn best. This approach may not always meet the needs of the preschoolers we teach. This session will explore the ways God made preschoolers to learn and help teachers harness unique learning approaches to meet the needs of every child in the classroom. Let's join Landry now. Start off before we get into talking uh, some of the things that I have to share about ways preschoolers learn. I'm going to let you draw a preschooler. Okay, so I'm going to let you kind of get in in groups of what do y'all want to get in groups? How about groups of three? Because I think there's twelve of us, so that works out great. One, two, and if y'all don't mind, kind of squishing together, and then you three, and somebody on your team can go get a big one of the big pieces of paper and markers and just and there's a pair of scissors if you want to actually get industrious, but there's only one pair of scissors. And draw a picture of a preschooler, but what, you're, what I'm trying to get at is, is things that preschoolers, your characteristics, kind of what you think about preschoolers. So, you know, don't just draw a stick, you can draw a stick figure, but it's got to be things like, you know, this symbolizes this, or they can have things in their hand. We're not looking for perfection or not the the process is more important than the product so just enjoy and spend a few minutes doing that and then we'll we'll start building a, a preschooler and talk about how they learn but I'd like to see your drawing first ah, did you show yes and, and t tell us about it okay so we have a little girl with cheese puff dust all over her face Aww. and her dress because they love to snack. Yes. Um, we have a little speech bubble because they're always chattering. They always want to say something. Yes. But the question marks, they always have questions. They always want to know why. Mm -hmm. You know, you pause in the middle of the Bible story to break it down and there you go chasing the rabbit again. Um, we have some toys, the baby doll, the blocks, the cars. They love to play. Their eyes move around all the time. They get distracted kind of easily. Um, they love to read. They love to listen to stories. They're very, they're, they're like sponges. They like mm -hmm. to soak it in. Mm -hmm. um, there's another bouncy ball. They're active all the time. They always want to be moving. They're very loving. They're friendly and accepting. And ours really love to sing and just have fun. Yeah, I like it. Oh, yeah, we have paint and markers all over our hands and feet because we like to be creative and get messy. So who's going to take that home and put it on your refrigerator? <laughs> All right. So y'all were three, and there was a one and a and two twos, right? No, we had a two. You had a two originally. And what did y'all have? One. One. Oh, we're not going to do a runoff. But you go. Ahead. <laughs> okay. We have a little girl child, and um, I put wheels on her feet because they are always on the go, always on the go unless they're sleeping. Um, we put hearts there because they're full of love. They're, they're always going. I put the cross on her heart because they love God. They love Jesus. They love to listen about Jesus. We put great big eyes because they're always looking about, looking to find out new stuff. And lots of question marks because they're always full of questions. And they're learning. And like you said, they're sponges just absorbing everything around them. Good, good, good. Thank you. All right. Which one wants to go next? I'm going to let y'all decide. Okay. Okay. So we drew a boy. <laughs> Y'all started to go at the same oh, yeah. time. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. We drew a boy, 
um, we put a little hat on his head. In his head, they're always, they hear everything, and they're curious like sponges. They have big, their ears are huge because they're always hearing stuff. Their eyes, they see everything. They're very talkative and inquisitive. Their hearts are big because they love everybody, but then again, they are sensitive. Their little hands, they learn, they learn this, they learn through doing, and they're creative, they're tactical. They're hungry all the time, always hungry. We have a, our little boy has a cast on his leg because they're so active. <laughs> <laughs> Very active. All right, good job. Okay, now to share yours. This is a girl little boy. I think it was a boy. We drew a little boy, and we've got that. They're very visual. They see everything, and they take it all in. And they um, love to imitate. Mm -hmm. Either it would be us or the um, or the characters um, in the Bible. Our kids love to play. Um, they are always ready for a hug when they come running in. Their their um, hearts are full of joy, mm -hmm. and they say everything. Mouths of babes, everything <laughs> comes out. Uh -huh. What they think comes out here, and they love to touch everything. They like to play. You know, anything that's visual. They have lots of energy. They love to run and play, and they listen to everything. Mm -hmm. They listen to music. What we're speaking because everything's going in like everyone said, like a little sponge. And then they are big hearted. Excellent. All of y'all used a lot of positive uh, descriptions, and that's great because that's really how we should view preschoolers. I mean, they, they're challenges, right? We have challenges. Um, some, some preschoolers are more challenging than others. And, whether they're more challenging or not, God loves all of them. Jesus loves all of them, and, and uh, I know that you do, too, or you wouldn't be here on a Saturday morning. Uh, I assume you wouldn't be here on a Saturday morning if you didn't love Jesus and love his children. So we're going to uh, pretend that you, uh, you are, uh, one of your learning styles is uh, logical, that you like to build with blocks, you like to play even if you don't just pretend for a little bit <laughs> and so uh, I've given you a set of blocks actually they're up here and we're going to build uh, a, a preschooler using these blocks so uh, the first one's going to be pretty easy which one do you think the head is oh y'all are so sharp very good very good now which one would you use for the torso for the body all right, now we're gonna to get to the harder ones. Actually, there's no way you would know because all, uh, all five of those, uh, six of those are the same shape. So let's just take a guess. Which, uh, what blocks look like arms? What would you do with your arms? Orange and yellow ones. Orange and yellow one. And I think you know that because you're looking at the handout. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> you really are. You really do uh, like to think logically, don't you? Okay, so uh, now that, uh, what are the legs? Green and purple. You looked too, didn't you? Good. I'm so proud of you. You figured it out. I won't ask you how many of you figured it out right off of that, but. I should have given you a black and white handout instead of colors. Okay, uh, and then what are the the feet? The thicker All right. Yeah, they are. They are kind of thicker, aren't they? Big old clumsy feet. 
You know what? I didn't notice that. <laughs> they really are bigger. Okay, so now, once you got it built, a logical thinker would say, well, our learner said, well, what do you do? What are we going to do with these parts of the body? So, I've given you a handout. Actually, I've given you two. So, if you'll just use one for, for this, and then I'll explain why you have another one later, okay? Um, and some of you are saying, I want to know now. I want to know now. But you just can't be patient. <laughs> so, one of the things we can teach preschoolers is try to delay gratification and be uh, slow down. So, um, we're going we're gonna to talk about um, some characteristics of preschoolers. Some of these you may you know, maybe a refresher for you. Some of you, you know, might be new. Some of you uh, might be, I, I could teach this in my sleep. But the first one, we're going to think, we're going to talk about them being literal-minded. About literal-minded. So, um, some of you probably have stories about preschoolers who, you know, we have to be careful what we say. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you, if you tell them you've grown a, they've grown a foot, then, you know, what they think. They, Look down and see if they're going to approach, you know. Or, you know, just some things we don't even think about. Uh, and we'll say it, and later it'll come back and they'll say something and say, well, no, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so when it comes to teaching them, um, we'll talk a little bit later about about how that affects how we teach them. So first we're just going to talk about the characteristics. So literal-minded, they, um, they take everything at, you know, the words meaning, not symbolic meaning, so. Um. Well, my sister's car was broken into while we were on vacation. Uh -huh. My grandson wanted to go look at it, and when we got there, he says, it's all in one piece. I thought you said it was broken into. Uh, broken in <laughs> T-W-O. <laughs> Anybody else have a story? Preschoolers say Literal-minded? Well, I, I would say something like, I lost something, I can't find it. And my grandson would say, well, there it is. It would be behind something. There it is, you know. Uh -huh. You would find it. But it wasn't really lost. It was in the room. I just didn't have my hand on it. Right. You know? <laughs> yes. He would say, well, there it is. Well, there it is. Why can't yeah. you see it? All right. Uh, next one, it, they are creative. And you, yes. Now, you may say, now, my preschoolers don't like to do art. And what's just funny is that I think that they come in groups. I think you'll have one group that they don't like in our threes through pre-k class right now um the class that just promoted that they they really you know they really didn't care about art this new group that's coming in they want to do it it's been a long time in. but you can also be creative and not like to paint or not like to draw or not like to cut with scissors or glue you can be creative in the block area you can be creative building things like we're building blocks today not real blocks, but you can be creative. So you don't have to draw to be creative. You can be creative in, uh, uh, you know, I, I call it dramatic play or home living. It's when, you know, they pretend to be mamas and daddies or firefighters or policemen or, you know, whatever teachers when they pretend to be are animals. Love babies. That's being creative. Mm -hmm. Feed the babies. Feed the babies. Feed the Put band-aids on the babies. You know, they can be creative. And um, then another characteristic of them is self-focused. Now there's another word sometimes we think about and that's being selfish but they're not really necessarily being well sometimes it feels like they're being selfish but but here's the thing is I believe God's created a baby to come out of the womb self-focused. Why? Self-preservation. Yeah. They, I mean how do we know what they need if they aren't telling us? Now there comes a point as they're growing Part of their growth is to help them understand there are other people in the world besides you. 
um, and that other needs to be met. But you know, when they're two, they're still pretty self-focused. Three, you're trying to, they're, they're starting to realize there's other people in the world, that, you know, every now and then. But still, it's what do I want? I want it, I want it now, right? So uh, we'll talk about how we teach to self-focus. But anyway, but self-focus is not a bad thing unless they're like 30 years old. And then it's a, it could be a problem. Some of you may know some self-assorted 30-year-olds. I don't know. We won't call names. Curious. Curious. They want to know how the world works. They want to know how things, even whether they're logical learners or not, they're curious about things. They, they, how many of you get asked why more than once when you're with Greek? Okay, exactly. And, and I know sometimes it gets tiring, but that's part of their curiosity, how they learn. And, um, you know, I've, sometimes you'll hear... Um, one time I heard a, a child walking down the street with a caregiver, I don't know if it's a parent or what, but and the, you know, the child was asking why or asking questions and finally I heard the caregiver say, why do you ask so many questions? Of course I'm out in the yard and I want to say, because he's a preschooler, don't you understand? But yeah, of course I couldn't do that. I'll um, tell mine, don't ask me that more than three times. So then he'll ask me, you know, then he'll tell me, don't ask me that. <laughs> Don't ask me that again. Uh, imitation. That. Imitation. That's right. I say, Ooh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. Take it back. Uh, another one is they're very active. I mean, how many times have you thought, if I just had their energy? Yes. If I just had their energy. Now they they'll be active till they you know they they we talk they they'll be active until they just fall asleep at the table or fall asleep right where they are. I mean, they're just active, active, active. And that's good that they can be active. And that's uh, God created them that way. Um, and then another one is limited attention span. Limited attention span. Do you all know what's the rule of thumb? A minute for every year of age, just about. Now, that would mean that I have a lot long attention span. It, it breaks down somewhere because <laughs> I definitely don't have that long attention span. I think span. it starts going backwards. <laughs> I think it does. I think it does. And there's other things that affect my attention span too. Like I'm easily distracted. I don't, you know. Um, I think you do pretty good. You was doing like five things at once. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. I'll tell somebody. You do what you have to do. Next time somebody says I got distracted, I'll say, you know what? You Linda seen. told me that I <laughs> did pretty good. Uh, but <clears throat> so, when you, so we'll talk about what that means, how you teach them. But just think about it. If you're teaching three-year-olds, then about three-minute teacher span. Now, I know there's exceptions to that. Um, and, you, you know, sometimes I thought, well, they play they're playing in this area, they're playing with blocks, or they're playing puzzles, they're longer than three minutes. But if you notice, they're not just doing the same thing a lot of times. Now, there, there are exceptions. Again, these are general. So, you know, you may say, well, I don't, that doesn't always hold true. But when you're in group time, it holds true. <laughs> so that's why you have to vary uh, in like in group time, your activities, standing activities, active activities, uh, and not, you know, sometimes we wonder, why can't you just sit and listen? Well, they can't. They just can't. And especially if they are a very, very active child with a limited attention span, do well if they sit there 30 seconds sometimes. But we also have to teach them. There, there are times that you've got to sit a little bit longer. Values relationships. I love that about preschoolers that they, even the quiet, shy ones warm up and they like to be with friends. They like to be, you know, everybody's a friend. Mm -hmm. 
everybody's a friend and you know what's fun is is like when they're starting to to talk and then um, they'll start naming the friends at school or at church or at you know daycare or, and um, um, their teachers you know, sometimes they you know it's it's fun to hear them start to talk about it. and then when you hear their parents say uh, Eli I was asking about Mr. Landry today and and uh, we were we were I was still teaching Eli wasn't time for us to promote to the next class and he already started asking for the other teacher they said sorry you're already out <laughs> and he was one of the new teacher it's not time yet Miss Janet Miss Janet everybody loves Miss Janet um, but they value relationships and then we'll talk about how to how to capitalize on that and then finally they have God given needs or has God given needs God just like we have needs, God's given them need. You know, there's physical needs. There's need to grow physically. Um, and I, I know that I, um, I read this path, I read this verse a lot, um, and think of it a lot when I think about ways that preschoolers learn. And uh, I know that this is when Jesus was 12 and went to the temple, and his parents left him there. And by the way, that's a scary story for preschoolers. And um, and then they came back and they found him and, and uh, the Bible says that he went down with them, uh, with Mary and Joseph, came to Nazareth and was obedient um, to them. And it says that he grew, Jesus increased, and Jesus increased, or Jesus grew, in wisdom and stature and favor with God and people. So as preschoolers, they're growing mentally and emotionally and um, socially and spiritually in their understanding of spiritual things and in physically just like Jesus grew so God created them with these physical needs and mental needs emotional needs intellectual needs social needs um, did I get all of them and spiritual needs God's created them this way so uh, you know it's important to, you know, when they come to church you know sometimes we just we've got to give them a snack you know um, I think that uh, churches ought to get a kickback from goldfish because, I mean, uh, or whatever the snack is, you know, they need a snack. Why? Because they can't learn when they're hungry or they get crabby when they're hungry. Do you get crabby when you're hungry? Do you have to answer that? But I know I, I do. Attention when they're thinking about the snack. Right, yes. You know, and, and this, sometimes you have to delay it, but I realize sometimes, you know, I've had, you know, you'll have children come in and maybe they didn't have breakfast that day. Uh, they also, they, now, if, if their parent gave them a donut, I want to just string up that parent. <laughs> Especially they'll go to, they'll come early to their adult class and go get a donut for the child and come in. The child says, "Oh, I had a donut," and I'm thinking, no, thank you, she said, thank, thank you so much." We'll sell them sometimes as a fundraiser, uh -huh. and so they'll come and donate some donuts. We said, "Take them out." <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. If, if parents bring sweets or they bring sweets like that. And, um, I, I might feed it to them right before they go into preschool worship and I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm terrible. Um, I'm kind of kidding. So let's think about then how we build. Okay, so here we've got these foundational things about preschoolers and they learn. So let's talk about how we, uh, how this helps us to know these things and these characteristics. Okay, so we're going to talk about each one of these a little bit, a little bit more. Uh, first of all, I kind of already mentioned this, but we avoid symbolic language. Can y'all think of symbolic as things, and it may be in the Bible, 
stated this way that we sometimes have to translate. What are some symbolic symbolic things in the Bible that we have to kind of translate for children? The story of Mary and Joseph when she had a baby. Sometimes you have to change that a little bit. You don't, you don't say the Holy Spirit conceived. She conceived no. by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Sometimes you just said Mary had a baby. Right. You know, sure. it's God's baby. That's Sometimes. Right. We, I've got some kids that, you know, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But you use concrete language. That's what I hear. Baby. Mary had a baby. They're used to mamas having babies sometimes. Mm-hmm. What what other kind of things? What what are some words that the Bible uses for Jesus? In fact, Jesus calls himself some things. The line of Judah. Line of Judah. Would we want to tell them Jesus is the line of Judah? <laughs> if you do, you gotta be able to, you know, you can explain it, but uh, and I know sometimes we can use symbolic language and sometimes you have to explain it, but also realize they may not quite get it. <coughs> That's more from a little good, little uh, the lamb, the lamb of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some other let's see, Jesus said all the I I am statements from, from bread, John. <laughs> right. I am. Okay. Can y'all think of any other symbolic language? Even like temple. I'm thinking like I I work with the babies and mm-hmm. toddlers and so words like temple. I'd have to uh-huh. say more like church uh-huh. or like Sunday school or even like related right. to what they do know because they, they don't know what a temple is. No, they don't. So I, and I do, I, you'll, sometimes as they get a little bit older, I'll say even two, with two-year-olds or with one-year-olds that are one, one-and-a-half-year-olds, one-and-a-half-year-olds. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> about one-and-a-half-year-olds, I have, I'll say temple church just mm-hmm. to kind of get start introducing a word but then using a word that they know. So yes, and I and I do know te- I know temple is not the same thing as New Testament church, and and you know I, I'm a publisher, and yes, we get letters about that. But well, we, we, studied, <laughs> we studied Solomon building the temple uh-huh. last week, and I took a travel brochure and I cut out you know all the pictures of Japanese temples, a couple of mosques, and Russian Orthodox churches mm-hmm. with the spires and the everything's beautiful, and we passed the pictures around. And we talked about how the temple is a place of worship. No matter where in the world they are, these are places that they come to worship God, just like we come to our church. Mm-hmm. And for our three and four-year-old class, that resonated with them. And they, they grasped that, even at what is this temple, this Japanese temple, it doesn't look like a church right. in any fashion to them, but it's a place of worship. Good. All right, so uh, voice symbolic language. And then creative is providing them opportunities to create. And so we are, I kind of mentioned some opportunities, but let me talk about the art for a little bit. So sometimes when we, uh, you know, no teachers, they'll, they'll, and me too, provide, uh, you know, really plan a cool art activity. Spend hours getting it ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they ignore it. So do you force them to do it? Or do you? This is a rhetorical question. <laughs> if <laughs> you force them to do it, or do you do you just put it away for another time? Or uh, you know, so what I'll do is I'll encourage them to do it, and I'll give them cho- chances. You know, throughout the morning while we're doing, while it's while it's out, while the art act, art things are out. You'll learn. Sometimes you have a child. You may not this year, but if not, you will one year. You'll have a child that every week for a while. We'll wait until you start cleaning up the art area and say, oh, I didn't get to make a picture. And you have to say, I'm sorry, but 
sometimes, but you know, and then they'll 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 have weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, but you know, an option is at that point say, you know what, I can send home these things, and you can do them at home. And so sometimes I'll stick them in a Ziploc bag or something like that. But also, so that's the child that I know that when we have few minutes left before that I'll go to that child then and I will say every week you know now we're about to clean up the art area if you want to make a picture if you want to make whatever we're making then you need to do it now and, and so say you, but everything's got to be put up in one minute so you better hurry right that's right not, they'll keep on forever. and then set a timer you know um, so uh, and, and maybe they're not finished and then you have to say well you know what you can take it home and finish it at home i don't know how many don't get finished at home but that's not my problem <laughs> uh, but here's the thing provide so i also want to talk about the fact that sometimes that means allowing for messy <coughs> allowing for messy mm -hmm. and um, some parents <laughs> you know what there's this there's a, a girl who is uh in college now and her mother recently reminded me how I had paint on Easter when she was a three-year-old. But she was being funny about it because she actually has a degree in early childhood ed. And so she was being funny about it and said, you know, it was fine. Uh, but I have had parents that wasn't so fine. So I do not paint on Easter Sunday anymore. But <laughs> I learned my lesson. Um, but other times, you know, it's fair game. Sure. If it's not Easter... <laughs> That's all right. We, we do messy. Uh, and smocks, yeah, we have smocks. But, you know, sometimes those smocks just don't. But, uh, and some, you know, I have ref let a child, uh, I have kept a child from doing art sometimes if it's really messy if they won't wear a smock. Because they have to learn. There's some things that you have to do. But it kind of depends on the age and depends on the art activity and those kinds of things. But another thing is the, the key word here is creative or create. So here's a test. If, you, if your children are being creative. If you, wherever you put their artwork, if it's in a cubby or if it's on the floor in the hallway or wherever you put it, a drying rack, wherever you put it, if they all look alike, then chances are they weren't being creative at it. <laughs> so he, it's tempting for us to do it for them and we want every craft, especially on Mother's Day or Father's Day or we want it, or Christmas, we want every craft or art thing to look the same. And it's okay that it doesn't because they need to exercise their creativity. And um, as, we, as we teach them and as we talk to them, we need to be careful that we don't say, oh, Rebecca, that is so beautiful. And then I look over there at Brenda's and I go, Brenda, yours is so beautiful. And Brenda knows it's not beautiful because she didn't really want to do the art activity anyway. <laughs> so she knows I'm not telling the truth. Uh, so more than that, just say, you know, Brenda, I see how you use green. Now, she probably scribbled all over paper. That's okay, you know. You must, do you like green, Brenda? So I'm focusing on you, not on your product. So the, the, here's the key. The process is more important than the product because then at church, we are teaching through that activity. So it's, it's okay if it's not refrigerator worthy. Mm -hmm. um, and some, you know, it's a, now you may have children. Sometimes you'll have a child who is a perfectionist. And it's got to be perfect, and they get upset if it's not perfect. That's, you know, but bless her heart, she's not perfect. But, you know, just kind of understand that that's what, who she is and just try to give her space to be as perfect as she can be. Um, I, um, same thing with coloring pages. You know, there was a day where I, would, where I wouldn't use them with preschoolers, and now there's a day where I use them with preschoolers. I use them with preschoolers uh, sometimes. And, and I don't have a problem with them as long, because I've decided... 
and I had a good friend who's passed away now, a good friend that taught me this, who, who uh, well, well respected uh, preschool and children's leader, and he taught me this because he was just like I am. He wouldn't have done coloring sheets for a period of time either. He taught me this. It's not really, it's not, it's not a child issue. It's a teacher issue. So since we're talking to teachers, this is what I mean by that. It's okay for them not to color in the lines. It's okay for them to not use the colors you think they should use. And, uh, and I have to try to teach children that because I'll see preschoolers coloring together and, and, and they'll say, Mr. Landry, he's scribble scrabbling. I said, that's fine. <laughs> that's the way he likes to do it. And some of them who really just want to go on to the next activity, we'll just go, and they're done. You know, that's okay. Then you've got those that say, can I see the teaching? Can I see the picture? Yeah. Yeah. And they want to match the colors, and then you don't have the right colors. And they want to do it just right. And they're the ones that you have to say, it's time for snack. Let me have it. But, um, no, I don't do it like that. <laughs> I'm doing it from now on. <laughs> Uh, so, so here's the thing is I just let them be creative on coloring sheets. I let them be creative with whatever the activity is uh, within limits of what you provide them. Uh, now sometimes they may say, oh, I want to, you know, oh, this is, so one Sunday recently, I, I know I'm spending too much time on this one. I'm going to have to hurry up. Uh, we're through at 12, right? Okay. Or whenever y'all walk, get up and leave. So um, I had, what, what was it that I had that they needed to cut? I had a pair of teacher scissors in my pocket. By the way, I forgot I took them home. But my wife's on staff, so it's okay. Uh, I'm sure my tie took care of it. No, I'll take them back. <laughs> I'll take them back. Uh, but I had a pair of children's scissors sitting there, I think, to cut... Oh, it was yarn, to cut yarn. So it, just, it was just hard to cut anyway. But I had those sitting there. And... Before I knew it, one of the children was sitting there cutting his paper. We were trying to make scrolls. So I had stickers and stamps that they could use to make scrolls. And we were just going to roll up the paper. He's cutting his paper up. Now how are you going to make a scroll out of cut up paper? But I didn't say, Carson, stop that. I just let him cut. Of course, I also thought, why did I leave the scissors sitting there? That's probably when I stuck them in my pocket. The big ones in my pocket for sure. But eventually the little ones got in my pocket too. Um, but that's okay. It's okay that I was allowing him to be creative, and he didn't really, you know, that's fine. He could, he could do that. Just learning to do his scissors. Too. He, he, just he was, and he's going to be an independent soul anyway, so that's okay. Okay, I just real feel passionate about this because I, I feel like sometimes we restrict. I feel like we, we sometimes restrict creativity. So I use art a lot, but that same thing goes if they're buildings with blocks or if they're pretend play. Is now you you have guidelines. I have guidelines like how many people you know. Sometimes you have to limit how many people can be in the walk area and limit some of the things that they make. Like they're always going to make robots. You know I can get over that, but we're not going to be shooting people. You know just I draw the line there. Um, but um, I try to back off and let them come up with their creative things. You know, I want them to build a temple of the blocks and they're going to build a spaceship. And you can turn a spaceship into Bible conversation too. Um, Self-focus. So encourage, just taking turns. So here's something that I learned a long time ago, and that is young preschoolers need to learn first to take turns before they learn what share means. Mm -hmm. Now I hear parents a lot of times talk about share, you need to share. Well. If they're so self-focused, the younger they are, the harder it is. They don't know what it means anyway. 
So taking turns is a, is, is a little more concrete in that, okay, and you can also set time limits. Um, another thing with taking turns is I would encourage you, if you can, if you, there's a favorite thing like a baby doll that you have more than one. If, now, not one for every child because then you're not teaching taking turns. But, you know, more than one of some things. Uh, and then you, I use the language taking turns, and then I might set my timer to say, okay, um, when it goes off, then we're going to switch. Or when it goes off, then you need to let them play with it. And sometimes you still have to be, you know, the, teach, the teacher. Some, a lot of times they'll, 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 they'll do it way before the timer goes off, you know, because they get tired of it. <laughs> so, and um, so that's the first step. Then as they get a little bit older, you know, even older preschoolers, you introduce the words, the idea of sharing, uh, and, and that kind of helps. Because also the Bible talks, there's a whole Bible story that we tell about how the church shared, uh, how people church shared with another people who needed things. There's more than one story about that. So you can talk about sharing, but, but also I'm not going to say, well, the Bible says to share, so here. <laughs> you know, that's not what you do. Um, so it's more, it, it, it's more, it helps if you start talking about taking turns, but you do need to teach them to take turns. That helps them, even though they're self-focused, to understand that there are other people in the world. And um, same thing about, you know, they, they, you know, they want to eat their goldfish right now. Well, we'll eat it in a few minutes, you know. Give them, make it reasonable, but, you know, and also, you, you've got to carry, if you say you're going to do something, make sure that you keep your promise. Um, all right, and then on, on curious, curious, provide opportunities to explore. Again, this can get messy. Fortunately, the people who clean our church, the, the, the head, the guy, the head guy says, it's fine. You know, a problem with I have education, you know, I don't think I've ever had somebody clean the church fuss about it, except for the summer, one of my sons, before he got married, was, was cleaning during the summer, and he said, why do you use rice? Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, giving you job security the summer. Yeah, I had our custodian <laughs> say, do you have to keep that rice up? Because every Sunday morning, there's rice everywhere. Mm -hmm. I said, I'll put it up. I mean, I did keep it out for a Yeah. So, they, so digging in rice, digging in beans, digging in... Um, now, again, you can give guidelines. You can put it in a tub within a tub or something like that to just kind of contain it. But it's going to happen. Bird seed, sand, water. So one Sunday I was teaching younger preschoolers and... And uh, I had a, I set it up for one hour of teaching, and then when I come into the sec, I come into the second hour. I was coming into the second hour to teach, and these are young preschoolers. And uh, so I thought I'm going to come in, and they're going to the lid on the water table. But I came in, and the lid wasn't on the water table. There was, they, we were playing with boats. They were playing with boats. I thought that is really, I'm so proud of these teachers. They didn't put the lid on. It wasn't five minutes before my grandson was going like this, and so I thought, hey, we're with the lid on. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I, I say that to say that sometimes you do have to draw the line. But we take in towels and, but water, all those kinds of things. It's good for them to explore as they get a little bit older. Now this may gross you out, but even something like earthworms. I, now I have seen them pull them apart sometimes. You have to, and yeah, that kind of gets weird. But um, but they don't have to be messy. 
give them a magnifying glass. Give them mag magnets, things that they just can explore and learn from. Okay, and then um, very active. So you gotta have space. Yes, but sometimes we cram everything we can in that room, or maybe you share a room with five other uh, activities during the week. But you know, it may mean you have to get there early and kind of move some things around. Now, if the piano, if you got a piano in there and it's got a plaque on it, then bless your heart, because you know you can't get rid of anything that's got a plaque on it. But uh, <laughs> but try to try to give them space to move, because they're going to move. So do you want them running into the chairs and tables, or do you want them to be able to? to have room to move. And also, if they're confined and they're very active and they can't get up and move, then that's an inviting behavior issues that way. And on the limited attention span, we already talked about the one minute rule. Remember that when you're doing group tests. So, you know, I, I would have failed y'all a long time ago because we're just sitting here talking and drawing and, uh, you know, not getting to do a lot of different things. So, fortunately, but we are kind of changing up. You got to draw pictures and, and we're kind of changing up a little bit. but. Which preschoolers, you got to keep them moving and active, not sedentary for a very long time. But they can sit for a little bit, unless they have some special needs that prevents that. And then uh, values, relationships. This says gets involved in learning. That's us. That's you and me. That's you and me sitting there with them while they're cutting the scroll that you didn't want them to cut, or while you're while they're playing with blocks. You're sitting there. Um, and it's sitting there, not distracted. So one, this this was a long. This was this was two or three years ago, I think. I'm telling you that so that you can think I've reformed. Um, that got better. But I had this person. I can't remember. She was still my employee, or she had gone somewhere else. But anyway, she texted me on a Sunday morning. Cause one thing I'm gonna think. Why are you texting me on Sunday morning? And, and I looked at it, and I was thinking about it. I don't think I was responding, but I was thinking about it. And I was sitting on the floor, so I, I get points for that, in the block area. And here's Hunter. He's working on the block, working blocks. And he said, hey, hey. <laughs> I wasn't paying him any attention. So when it says get involved in learning, that doesn't mean be there on your phone. So that's telling on myself. Um, it, it means be engaged with them. So you can talk about the Bible story, Bible content, or what's going on in their life, because they, they really want a relationship with you. Now some children, you may have, some children it may be like oil and water, but uh, that's not very often, and uh, even when it is, you can be, you can take the high road, we're the, parent, we're the adults, and <laughs> build relationships with children, but spend time with them. If they, if they want you to, to be a child or a dog or a mama if you're a man like me or a daddy if you're a female, go ahead. Put on, be pretend. Let them kind of drive that because that relationship, you're just building those relationships. And uh, then the have, has God given needs. So we talked about meet those needs, whether they're physical, whether they're, um, you know, need to challenge them mentally, challenge them <coughs> you know, intellectually challenge them spiritually, teach them some spiritual truths that kind of stretches them a little bit, and and then uh, also meet their needs for relationships. That goes back to relationships. That meet their God. You know, it's easy when you teach babies. Like, okay, I change the diapers. Well, I don't. Um, I love it. We have a rule at my church where men don't change diapers. It's great. Uh, one time, one time, two of the ladies said, "Well, whose rule is that? Yours?" No, it's the church's rule. Um, 
I know it's silly that we have to do that these days, but it's really a great rule when you're a guy. Um, and, you know, uh, but we, my grandson, my older two-year-old grandson, is, has type 1 diabetes. We have to meet those physical needs. Now, the teachers can't give insulin and they can't check his blood, but they know how to get a hold of us if he needs something or what to look for. Or, um, I was sharing yesterday, they didn't realize that uh, serving a goldfish is 55. And they, as they say, oh, I think he ate 14 goldfish. And we say, well, serving's 55. What? I've been shorting these children all this time. Um, so, uh, but just meaning their needs, whether special needs or whether they're just basic needs. Okay, now when I build with blocks with my grandson, or sometimes, you know, children build with blocks, and we have to teach them to only knock down your own blocks because they like to knock down whoever's blocks. Mm -hmm. Younger priest, my, my grandson always likes to knock down my blocks. And I make a big deal about it, so that's probably why he does. So we're going to knock them down, and now this is time to get the other handout that's blank and fresh. Because we've been talking about needs. And so for the rest of our time, we're going to talk about uh, what's called approaches to learning, or sometimes people call them learning styles. I like to call them approaches to learning. And here's the caveat for that. So there's eight of those. And uh, we'll talk about those, and then we'll also talk about kind of what they mean. But, um, so a while ago, what kind of learner did I say would enjoy blocks and that I was going to pretend you were? Y'all remember? Logical. Logical, thank you. Now, here's where we, Landry, um, others uh, have sometimes, I think, misuse. And by the way, there's, there's, it's a theory that I think is has been proven quite a bit, but then there's there's another there's theory now that says it's not true. So, you know, Google it if you want to find out about learning. Only they'll call it learning styles or things like that. But here's the thing: is that I do believe this. I believe that God equipped everybody to learn in different ways. Mm -hmm. So all eight of these you probably learn, but there's some that you probably are stronger at than at others, and that's 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 the way you know we're wired so I don't know of a person who is strong in all eight of these ways and I think we have preferred ways that we like to learn or maybe ways that we have kind of trained ourselves and developed and like to learn uh, but <coughs> why, the reason that I said that we have all eight is especially with children they're exploring how God's created them to be and how God's wired and so many times it's easy for us to after a conference like this to go back and start labeling our children even if it's in our head and I, I warn you against that because they're growing and still developing and that might keep you from offering an activity that appeals to a learning style you think that they don't have that makes sense. So I, I challenge myself and you to think of each child as being able to learn in all eight of these ways. Mm -hmm. They may prefer one. You, you can just say they may prefer one over the other, but you, over a course of time, you want to appeal to all eight of these. So it doesn't mean that you'll have eight, all eight every week. But over like a month, you probably need to cover them because it's just, it, it helps them learn because they're using different ways of learning. All right. First one is verbal. Verbal. So they like language, words, reading, hearing words, playing with. So uh, things like playing with magnetic letters. Mm -hmm. uh, you say, well, they can't read, but they can hear words, and they can. Sometimes you can have simple words like printed on a card, and then, and then. Um, 
uh, magnetic letters that they can match. We use pieces of paper, that. and we print out the word mm -hmm. on them in large, large font, mm -hmm. or just write it, and then we put those on a cookie sheet, and we have a stack of eight cookie sheets with all the different letters, and we uh -huh. let them match the letters off the middle of the right. table to their cookie sheet, and that sticks to, oh, they just love that. Love and that. so you're appealing to verbal mm -hmm. learning, and you're also appealing to logical learning, and too. Visual. Mm -hmm. Visual. I, well, there you go. We got them all. <laughs> got three of them right there. This... Uh, they uh, reflective. This is the child that needs that the, the child that, that thinks processes, uh, and so you may have some children that process more than others. Again, we all have this ability <laughs> to process, but some of us are more processors. Um, I was in a grown-up meeting one time at Lifeway, and um, my leader was there. My boss, my leader, my supervisor was there. And, and we were, we were uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was kind of presenting a case of how I thought we should do, do uh, uh, a scope and seek, let's do a study plan. And this other person is a lot smarter than I am, but just started rattling off questions and talking real fast, rattling off questions. And then my boss says, Landry's a processor, wait a minute. Because <laughs> I was thinking, you know, because that just, you know, it's like, I, which question do you want me to answer? You know, <laughs> and sometimes I'll just do that jokingly when people ask me like three questions in a row. I say, now, which question did you want me to answer? I need to process this. So they're processors. They're processors. Well, they may be the child who's quiet, and you think, oh, good, I don't have to worry with them because they're quiet. We'll talk about that's not necessarily true. The visual, they, now, visual does not mean that they're necessarily that they like to do art. It means they think in pictures. That so uh, they think in pictures, they visualize things in their mind. Uh, like for me, when I read a book, a lot of times a, a fiction book, I'll visualize who the characters are. Then if I go watch the movie, it's all messed up because they are not what they look like in my head. <laughs> or I try to visualize the scenes uh, that's going on. And then also they're relational. That these are children that really do enjoy group play. Uh, they enjoy being either uh, playing with you, playing with their friends. Also, this, this might be the child that's a little bossy. She's the one telling everybody what to do. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one class that I had of preschoolers and, and older preschoolers, and this little girl would come in. She was always late, bless her heart. It wasn't her fault, it's her mama's fault. She was always late, but as soon as she walked in the room, it was almost like they all stopped and said, you know, thought, okay, what do you want us to do? It wasn't quite that bad, but it felt that way to me. Because, I mean, she walked, because she was, she told people what to do. I mean, it, they, if they're going to let her, okay. Uh, but you also want to encourage the relational one to uh, not always be so bossy. Um, and they're not always bossy, but they like playing with others. You know, they're, and they're also probably the one that's going to say, he won't play that like me anymore. He won't play with me. He won't sit with me. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Y'all can sit together later. Um, this is, you know, it's funny to watch them. There's this one little boy at church, and for some reason the girl's just, he's a chick magnet, and he's only like five or six years old. And I'm thinking, you know, um, all the girls want to sit with him. It's really weird, but... <laughs> It's just he has that personality, I guess. I don't know. Were you a chick magnet? No. It's <laughs> funny you should use that word. I was not. <laughs> well, I did have a girlfriend at five years old, but then after that, I didn't have one until college. So, okay, that's not tragic. 
Haskell. Okay, so musical, musical learner. We'll talk about what that means, but that this child like learns from rhythm and music and patterns sometimes that are, that you, you know, I I don't have a I don't ha, I'm not I don't have any rhythm. When I took piano as a kid, my teacher had to pat the rhythm on my back. It still didn't help. I still don't have any rhythm. But I do like music, and sometimes I can learn. They'll learn if you put words to music, Bible verses to music, or just have music playing music. But I'm getting into a little bit what I'll talk about in a few minutes. Logical, we talk about logical. Uh, this, this child, if you're in, in a group, let's, let's say that y'all are all preschoolers, and you know, if I start, start Ken with you and ask you a question, then they expect me to go to Reagan. But I might go talk to Nisi, and then they're a logical learners. Says, I've actually had a child say, can you start there and go? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so logical learners reasoning, they reason, they, they, um, they like, a lot of times they like puzzles because, and they like sequencing. They like, they like things to make sense. Physical. You know, we talk about they're all very active. Some are just more physical than others. Some learn with their whole bodies. They just have to do things with their whole bodies. Fine motor skills, gross motor skills, but they learn by using their bodies. So that's, again, why we have to give them space. And then the, the eighth one is natural. I'm talking about nature. I'm talking about God's creation. Another reason to have sand and bird seed and right, not all at the same time, rice and and uh, if you can't go outside safely or whatever, or just you know, if they're really young, you know, you have to have, you know, you have to sometimes put the stuff in a ziploc bag or in a clear bottle or stuff like that. But they, it, it's they are exploring God's world. They just love nature. I know, and when they're adults, this is the one that they just love working outside all the time. I don't. <laughs> um, I, I, I enjoy looking at other people's fire beds. That's, but uh, you know, I do a little bit of yard work, but it's the it's the product, not the process, for me. <laughs> so let's talk now about some other things that we can do, and I've got some pictures that I'm going to show, just I've taken. Um, in the past of some kids at my church I'll share in just a minute. But, so verbal, use language to express ideas, to, to help them understand others. Use words, talk with words, use things that they can see, even though read, quotes. Um, here, they're, they are, during their snack time, they're talking about uh, the Bible content. They're using language and uh, while they're having their, their snack. And so, um, of course, you can also say, say they're meeting their physical needs, too. Okay, and, and also, you know, some of them make crowns that Sunday, so they're wearing those, too. <laughs> but uh, they've, got, uh, little, they've got their activity page to talk about, teachers talking, using language. Using language. Also, remember, they're developing their language. Mm -hmm. um, for visual learner, use images. Use, use images like, you know, use pictures they can see. Help them to see what we think Bible times look like. What we think people in the Bible look like. But also, when you're telling the story, paint a picture with words. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about the wind or the rain, or and there's a lot of water stories in the Bible. Use some words to help them, the visual, the child that likes to think in pictures, to imagine the sea or the wind on their face or, you know, uh, 
okay, you can't see wind, I realize that, but the blowing rain on your face or, you know. We did this fun little thing a couple of weeks ago. It was in the curriculum and it said to put a drop of water into, a drop of food coloring into the water, let them look at it, and then put the eyedropper and put it on a piece of wax paper and give each one of them a straw. I'm like, it's going to make lines, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it doesn't. It beads up. And they blow it across on little tiny beads. And they did that for almost a half an hour. Mm -hmm. I was That's amazed. Right. It was so much fun. <laughs> and that was about wind and the water. Right. They so they could. We thought But it's, it's visual. <clears throat> And and then again, you're do you are also appealing to to their uh, desire to learn about God's mm -hmm. world, mm -hmm. nature. Okay, so again, I chose this one. You know, again, sometimes we stay away from paint and stuff, but that's also a way they learn making yes. pictures. Um, I don't know what that picture is up, but that's another thing. It's is I try not to say what is that. Uh, instead, what tell me about your picture? Tell me about what you're making. Tell me about you know because. Um, to them, it's obvious what it is. <laughs> also, uh, for the relational learner, you want to give them opportunities to play together, give them opportunities to play with you. And also, I think that, that as they are able physically, uh, also mentally, that you give them opportunity to play group games together, where you kind of give some direction how they play. And yes, I know that they all, that they, that that they say, oh, they won. I try to always downplay competition with preschoolers. Um, they'll, they'll get, they'll, they have enough competition in their own brains without me uh, causing weeping and gnashing teeth at the church. So I try to downplay competition, but inevitably they're going to be competitive. But what I'm trying to do, though, is help them to get along with others, learn to get along with others. That The whole taking terms comes into this, too. But so it's us having a relationship with them and also them relating to one another. Now, this is this they're, you know, they're, they're relating with the teeth. They're sitting there and actually talking about um, the story. But you can also just one-on-one just -on -one talking to them. Um, and encouraging them to talk together. And also when they have little fusses, rather than always solving it for them, try to help them figure out how to solve their dispute with one another. It can be challenging and very can be nerve-wracking, but you want to teach them, okay, when you do have a disagreement with a friend, instead of hitting them on the head with the block, this use your words. Um, instead of screaming at them, Use your soft inside voice. Uh, tell and, and I would encourage tell them, you know, how you feel. But and also, I don't force them to say I'm sorry. I know some people do. I don't force them because I really don't want them to be insincere. Uh, but I do try them to work out their problem. Sometimes they will say I'm sorry. I reflect to give them time to think. You know, this is a child. She knows who she is. She knows what she can do and can't not do. She's self-aware. But we also need to give them time to think. It's okay if they're sitting over here by themselves. It's okay if they're sitting in the rocking chair, rocking the baby by themselves. Because, you know, here's the thing, though. For a reflective learner, be sure not only give them time to think, but give them something to think about. Sometimes go over there to that child who's by themselves, who seems content to build with the Duplos by themselves and just maybe have a little conversation. They may not want to talk long. They may have 30 seconds that they'll give you to talk about the Bible content. Give them things to think about that to point to the Bible truth that day. But also realize a reflective learner might need a little kind of quiet time over here 
or they might need to just, you know, it's okay. They don't have to be talking all the time. Uh, and then the um, musical learner, because this is kind of obvious, but, you know, I, I like to have music in the background during, um, while they're doing activities. Um, some, you know, depending on, I usually don't use music in group time during Sunday school, but we also have a group time during our, uh, the next hour during um, preschool worship and there's lots of music in there but also musical instruments are making musical instruments um, they like uh, also these are children again that, that you can if you can I'm not real good at it but like you can pat the Bible verse and say it while you're patting uh, a pattern I always forget what my pattern is but some of you are really good at that you know uh, are are the main point of the day that's a good way for them to learn and uh, that's, I'm going to see, um, sorry, I'm going to, I was going to let you see a little sample, which you probably all have your, your own samples, but if you'll bear with me just a minute, I'm going to escape out of here for just a second. I know we've got just a few minutes and then we'll be headed to, is it lunch next? Is that what we're doing next? Yes. <laughs> Are y'all starving? Yes. Um, Ooh, I'm ready to go right now. No, okay, but we're not done yet. <laughs> um, I, listen, this is this is a weird thing about a Mac. I don't know where that picture is. I couldn't find it if I wanted to, and it shows up every time I do this. Okay, let's see if I've got this ready. Well, yes, it's very encouraging. <laughs> I love it. Okay, here we go. Let's see if this works. This is actually during a transition time. It's not even organized group time. I want to. Now, can you tell who really likes music? Actually, I think this is uh, one of the. And this is the countdown. Yes, it's even the countdown. Yeah, we do that sometimes. It's a chance to stop what they're doing or put things away. And come over right. to the table by the time the song's over. Gives you a chance to know what the child likes to do. And right. We do have a hard time with him. Oh, he likes this. That's kind of So uh, I enjoyed showing the parents that one. Okay. Uh, then on physical is give them room to move, which we really kind of we've talked about that one already. But that because the child uses their body mm -hmm. to solve a problem, to understand things, to make something. They use their whole body, and with a lot, it's not always just in the block area, but um, you know, this this is this is Carson who I told to cut up the scroll. But look, look what he created on his own out of PVC pipe. Oh, cool. Again, using his whole body. She's building over there with with uh, you know, and um, teachers interacting with them. But just give them opportunity and space. Now, what I do about church is that most of the time this carpet square, it's a rectangle, it defines the block area, but in cases like this Sunday, I extend it a little bit. But now, if they come way over here with their with their pipes, then I remind them they need to go to the block area. That's, that's their space. And uh, then the logical learner, we talked about this, help them tell the story in sequence rather than doing like the, the TV show or the movie that comes on and shows you the end and then it says three, three hours earlier. I hate that. Tell stories in sequence. Give them pictures in sequence. Also, they like math 
help them uh, learn in a logical way. And they like puzzles. Give them different opportunities to do puzzles. And then finally, natural is give them opportunities to interact with God's creation. And it doesn't always have to be messy. What, uh, uh, but they like to, they learn from God's creation. They're sensitive to God's creation and, and they like to identify things in nature. But like in this case, it's magnets. I had a big uh, oil drip pan that you put on your floor in your garage. I, it's never seen a drop of oil, by the way. Sure. And, and just use different, I had different kinds of magnets. I had jar lids, like mason jar lids, different things, bells. And they just experimented and you, that's that, the natural learner likes those things because they're learning, they're interacting with nature. So we talked, you know, we talked about with your two sheets, you've got how they learn, learning approaches, and you also have their characteristics. And just remember that while physical development, it, it doesn't necessarily happen automatically either. They have to eat, they have to drink, they have to get sleep, they have to exercise. Well, spiritual development doesn't just happen automatically by osmosis. Uh, God uses you, hopefully uses his and hopefully the parents allow him to use them to lay foundations of faith. And so this this is me. This was back when I, I wasn't a preschooler. I was a little older than a preschooler. Uh, but this, this, this was me where a teacher, uh, actually this was a staged photo shoot for a Baptist Sunday School Board leader guy. <laughs> but who would have known that I would have been at Lively? But think about the people in your life I miss Beth here. Think about the people in your life who influenced you and taught you, and you'll probably think of ways that they taught you how you learn best, because they tap into how you learn best. So we're going to pray. I just want you to think of that person right now as we close our eyes, and quietly just thank the Lord for that person. Maybe a parent, maybe a teacher, maybe somebody more recently in your preschool or, or school age years. Dear God, I thank you for the people you've put in our lives through the years to influence us spiritually, to point us to you, to build foundations, biblical foundations, spiritual foundations in our lives. Father, we thank you for the lunch we're about to eat. Pray that you'll bless that time of fellowship and uh, as you meet our physical needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you all very much. Thank you. You're welcome.